Love and Watches is a family-friendly podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team who've been wearing and collecting watches for more than 45 years. They enjoy bringing you the latest in collecting, interviews, news, and all things interesting in the world of watches. Enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam. Welcome to another episode of Love and Watches, the watch podcast for all watch lovers. This is Perpetual Girl. And this is Ranch Racer. And welcome to today's show. We have actually a really exciting show for you today. Um, We actually tried to record this two weeks, over two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. but we had no internet available in our little rural part of the world here. So we... Like managed. that morning it dropped when we were supposed to do the it interview. It was literally a was half ridiculous. an hour before we started, but yeah. we had no problems today. We recorded a fantastic podcast, mm-hmm. and before we get into that, shall we do some wrist checks? We'll do some wrist checks, and the wrist checks are going to give you guys a hint as to what the podcast is about. Go Excellent. for it. Um, you go first. Oh, me first yeah. this time. All right. Uh, I am wearing one I haven't worn for, for I don't know, a little while. Uh, it's my Oris Carl Brashear Chronograph Limited Edition that I picked up when we were in Vegas a couple of years ago. Uh, beautiful blue dial. This was the um, the second version of their um, their uh, Carl Brashear Limited Edition watches. So this is the Chronograph version with, I believe, the Salita SW500 movement. Uh, really cool looking watch. It's bronze. Y'all know that I'm the bronze thing. I'm kind of on the on the fence about it, but, um, it's got a nice patina going. I haven't touched it with Tarnex for a while, so it's, <laughs> it looks nice with your coloring. I think it's cool. I think. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's really grown on me. Um, so that's what I'm wearing today. How about you? I'm actually wearing something that's new to the love and watches house. And it was a surprise, <laughs> which isn't easy for you to do sometimes. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I, I kind of don't miss a lot. You, you watch my every move. <laughs> after 20 years it's just become you know natural it it was this was this was not easy to pull off i think i did a pretty good job with the help and you'll hear more about this later Uh with the help of some of our friends at oris Mm -hmm. you were able to (laughs) surprise me with the aquas date with the white ceramic bezel and it's um i can put the reference number on the the website 36 mil it's actually the 36 millimeter version with the Salita SW200-1, which is also called the Oris 733, and that Mm -hmm. is also in the 43 millimeter? 42 or 43. 43? I have to look. I have it written down. Might be 43. But it's the the little brother or sister of that watch, and it actually has the same movement, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome looking um, piece. It is beautiful, and I'm really, really, really happy with it. Um, It does have a proprietary lug and bracelet. But does, I believe yeah. you could probably interchange this with the rubber bracelet version because the shape visually looks the same. I'd have to check. But um, I'm a big fan of the bracelet. And since... Uh, that's what I figured. I mean... Since I'm going to swim in it, do chores, yeah. <clears throat> um, get dirty um, yeah. within reason, it's going to be a great daily wearer. And it's got some great features like a half half links and it's got Mm -hmm. adjustments you can do with a tool on the very easy to operate yep clasp so great bezel action beautiful really good bezel action excellent loom as well all all night i've checked it when i've had to get up so and it lasts all night that's good it's a really really pretty watch 
I look at it a lot. And you know, I think 36, that's like the perfect dive watch size it's, for smaller wrists. It really looks, that looks on you like what a 42 would look like on me. It's perfect. And it's got, it's a robust case anyway, at their mm-hmm. style. And it's, it's got the bold, um, kind of a ski jump graduated indices that are mm-hmm. taller on the outside that Oris is known for. So it is a bold watch. So the 36 is actually just the right size. You're seeing, you see the dial, you see a little bit of the bracelet and it's, it's, um, it's just subdued enough that you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, there's like a giant hockey puck on mm-hmm. your wrist. So it's, it's good. And it's got the signature crown guard, the screw in crown love. guard for Oris. Um, it's got the exhibition. exhibition. Yep. So you can the... see the insides. Yep. Which is with fun. The, the customary, uh, as is the last few years, the customary red Oris rotor. So really cool watch. I love it. Love so, it. all right. So we don't really have any news or anything to talk about. What the heck do our wrist checks have to do with today's podcast? Well, let's let's talk about it. We are actually going to talk to VJ and Beth from the leadership team at Oris North America. And yeah. We're going to yeah. talk about a lot of stuff and I think you're going to enjoy it. it. It's it was we had a great time recording with them. Um so Beth Haddad is the West Coast Regional Sales Manager for Oris North America and VJ is the um, the CEO of Oris North America. I I was able to meet Beth maybe 18 months ago. Um when she came out to our local Red Bar group, you didn't make that one, but uh, she came out to our local Red Bar get together and we got to see all the new pieces. And and then the last one, neither of us were able to make and VJ came out with Beth to that one. So um, it was really fun to finally get them on the show. And and uh, I think Very you guys nice. are going to love so it. so much fun talking to them. We had a lot of fun and there's some really exciting announcements just around the corner that we talked about. So... They're, they're just authorized to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So we had a bunch of fun, and, and we hope you guys enjoy the show. This was, like I said, this was a big one. It's one we've been planning for a while and uh, had planned on having it out a couple weeks ago if it weren't for our wonderful <laughs> internet provider here. <laughs> so so uh, I think that's it. With that, let's get on to the show. And here we are with our good friends from Oris. We've got Beth Haddad and VJ. Geronimo. Guys, welcome to the show. It's fantastic welcome. to finally have you here. Oh, thank you. I know we, we tried this a couple weeks ago and we had some issues with our, our little rural uh, podunk internet provider up here. So we had to reschedule. So we guys, we, we appreciate you guys being flexible on that. Um, so uh, for for our listeners, if if you guys could just give us kind of a brief intro on who you are and what your role is at Oris. And kind of how how you got into this life and into this cult, this hobby that we all enjoy so much. Uh, for you guys, obviously, it's a business. But um, we're gonna have, uh, I think, ladies first. We're gonna have Beth kick yeah, it off. Yeah, Beth, let's have you sure, start. Sure. Yeah, I am the West Coast Regional Sales Manager for Oris Watches. Um, I've been in the watch industry. I hate to say it because it makes me sound old, but for about twenty five years. Um, grew up in Connecticut and started actually working for Breitling in their corporate office. Um, and then they had asked me to move out to the West Coast. So I've been out here now for, oh gosh, almost 20 years. Um, I was with them for 20 years. And now I um, have been with Oris for a little over three years. Fantastic. So, and awesome. we're lucky to have her. 
Yeah, and I actually had a, a, an opportunity to meet Beth. So Beth came out to um, one of our Sacramento Red Bar get-togethers. That must have been yeah. the first one probably about a year and a half ago, wasn't it, Beth? I think so. Probably a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, and, and you kind of, you brought out all the latest and greatest, and it was it was so fun. And then you guys did another one with the group, and unfortunately, PG and I couldn't be there. But VJ, you actually got to come out and, and meet the group. Yes, yes. So it's... Uh... Yeah, it was definitely uh, definitely good to do that, you know. Hopefully, so. hopefully we can do it again in person soon. I yeah, know. We yeah, all miss for that. Sure. We miss we miss We, we tried thing. a virtual get together with the team and it didn't <laughs> quite go quite. as expected. It's not the same when you can't touch the watches, yeah. you know. <laughs> they're not like that. Yeah, they're not like they used to be in that sense. Exactly. You know, we, we've been we've done a lot of them too and it's no but it's nice, you know, the the interaction and just to see everybody and see I think their faces. Long, yeah. Yeah. to kind of get together, right? So exactly. That's been, that's been good, yeah. Well, so with that, Vijay, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I've been with Oris for just over 10 years, actually. Um, I'm the CEO of North America, um, and I've been in the watch industry like Beth, um, you know, pretty much 25 years or so. Um, started way back when with the Movado Group. Um, worked for a couple of different companies, but... Uh, ended up here at Oris uh, ten years ago, and kind of been been on this journey ever since. And it's been it's been great, and love love the brand, and love love working for the people, and working with the people we work with. So it's great. So. Very cool. And you're out. You guys are based in Connecticut for the U.S. We right? are. We are. So uh, yeah, our offices are in Fairfield County, Connecticut. So uh, suburban New York City. Um, so yeah. So very cool. On the East Coast. Yeah. Very cool. Well, so. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just had one quick question as we as we talk about you guys personally with the company, Beth. How did you, as a woman, get involved? You know, twenty five years ago with the watch industry. Are are you a, a collector yourself, or can you tell us a little you know, bit about your journey? Twenty five years ago, it was completely by accident. I had never, I had no intention of getting into watches or sales. Really, it was an accidental, you know, in, random interview, and I started, and I just fell in love with it. So. You know, when I started the first brand I worked with, Breitling, they were privately owned. And so that's really what attracted me to Oris um, was the fact that they're a privately owned company, fam very family, small group. So, um, yeah, I've just been into watches ever since. That's amazing. And I'll, I'll be asking you a couple more questions about that later. Yeah, yeah for, sh for sure. Um, I, what I'd like to do is... is um, talk a little bit just about the history of the brand and it's it's a really interesting brand you guys have a, a very dedicated fan base <clears throat> um and I, but a lot of people don't know how long oris has been around uh, and i'll and i'll just say from from my perspective uh i didn't learn about oris until uh, maybe 10 15 years ago because i was a, a former race car driver and very much into racing and so i learned about oris through the association with the williams uh, formula one team but give us a little background on, on the brand and, you know, you've got some really interesting, unique things like you, you mentioned being privately owned. Uh, it's been that way for pretty much the entire history of the brand with a, with a little hiccup there in the 70s. But it's a very interesting history. So maybe just a, a quick overview of, of the brand and how you've gotten to where you've gotten. Sure, um, I'll take that. We yeah, the brand started in 1904 um, in the village of Holstein, Switzerland, which is in, which is in the Basel corner of Switzerland. Um, 
And we are, to this day, one of the last sort of mainstream independent brands, I'd say. Um, you know, we only make mechanical watches. That's all that we do. Um, you know, the company's had really a long history of making watches, and the company was founded on the principle of bringing a good watch to a lot of people. We were not the sort of that industrialized approach to manufacturing, I'll say. Um, we were not the company that was making, you know, hand-painted movements or things like that. The, the whole idea was to bring um, a good watch to, to a lot of people. And that spirit and that sort of entrepreneurial spirit that the company was founded on, that, that really independence and that, that ability to do things that make sense really exists and, and pervades throughout the company today. And, and very much how we act and what we do is very much a part of that foundation and you know the company again started in that factory we're still in that factory to this day um at one point we we had five factories um made all of our own movements that sort of thing and then um during the 70s and and when the quartz crisis hit switzerland um a lot of our manufacturing movement manufacturing closed um and then we basically like most were buying you know movements from from eta and doing things like that and then um but at that time the company was taken from basically Ulrich Herzog and Dr. Portman who were mm -hmm. um managing the company at the time did a leverage buyout bought the company back and only made mechanical watches from that point onwards so there's really we've always had this this history and this this um you know adherence to making mechanical watches and and certainly um it's one of the unique things about us there's really nobody at our price point that only makes mechanical watches and really um continues you know kind of providing that value and that and that same spirit uh to this day so that was very cool so you're holding something interesting i in am your hand i actually there. um as a in my late teens i believe it was around that time which was you know early early 80s I remember women wearing an Oris pendant watch that's shaped like a ladybug with the wings that open. And I remember thinking that was the coolest thing and I wanted one, but they were not something that a high school kid could afford. And recently I picked up, I actually have three of them, one for parts. <laughs> wow. and, and, and one is, one is all, all yellow gold and the other is actually the red ladybug, but it's an Oris, uh, wow. it's a hand wine mechanical movement in it. So I would imagine that these were starting to be made around 1980 when Oris went back to, you know, after the yep. quartz crisis. So mm -hmm. that I have a soft spot for vintage watches and history. So that's um, something that I was thinking about today with the early 80s and had to be around the era that these watches were starting to be made again. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Where did you where did you where were you able to locate that? Uh, I found them on eBay. Okay. And some okay. some are quite expensive if they're re you know redone the model the movements are are yes are overhauled but these um, one is actually oh. in really good shape and I I got lucky so those it are keeps pretty good time it still does. too it's <laughs> awfully cute so it's um I know that Oris has always done something for the ladies and then you guys do things in between now and that's something I was going to ask Beth about is um, I'm so impressed with my newest surprise. Aquas, the white <laughs> Aquas. And I, I have to give you guys kudos for, you know, making available a 36 millimeter size of an identical watch that also is available in 43 millimeters. So you've got a, right. a great representation of size for, 
all genders who have a small wrist. So is that is that something new for Oris or is that um, is that a recent yeah. thing? There's several collections that we we do that, and it's been in the past couple of years. The, the Aquis is one of them, where we have a men's and a lady size. Um, I think it's been two years now in the Diver 65. We have the same where we, there's a 40 and a 42, but we added a 36. Um, and then in the pointer date collection as well, there's mm. 36 options. So mm -hmm. um, whether you want matching or, you know, just a, a smaller size, um, there's definitely more in the most more recent years, there's more options available. We love that. And we, we actually got a chance to speak with the marketing folks at Oris when we were at Couture Time in Las Vegas, was it 2018? 2018, yeah, we got to meet some of the team out there. And it, the cool thing was it was all women representing the brand. So we, we had a lot of good conversations with them and I got to try on some of those those smaller divers. Well, and you got to see the pointer. I love I the, point, the pointer date in the 36. It's just phenomenal. Such a cool watch. Yeah, and the, and the bronze, the, there's a bronze version, right, with the mint green dial. Yes. Oh, yeah. we saw that too. Gorgeous. We saw that yeah. too. Absolutely, I love yeah. that green. Very cool. Yeah, and it's funny. It's not even like, even to say men's or ladies, we just you know make the sizes because people prefer the sizes. It's it's you know some people have a smaller wrist and like a smaller watch, and you know really with the whole. Um, just talking about vintage watches or what have you, it's like it's just it's just a matter of preference. So we, we even try not to, you know, give those gender gender types to them. It's really just here are the sizes, and we try to make them, you know, um, for everybody. So yeah, I, and I absolutely love that you brought that up. And you know, Beth's met some of the guys in our group, and they have some of the guys are small guys with really small wrists, and they can't pull off the big no. watches. So yeah, and there's two uh, fellas who they have the same wrist size that I do. So we sit together in our little corner oh. and we try on each other's watches. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it, but if you, but that's the thing is that some, some brands will market it as a woman's watch and then they're missing out on sales from, from guys that have smaller wrists, right? Cause the, the guy doesn't want to go, he, he thinks he's buying a woman specific watch. And I think it's a really smart move to not, not gender label the, the lines or the watches themselves. Now, obviously if something's got a, is very feminine and has a lot of diamonds and stuff. That's pretty self-explanatory, but I, I really, I respect that you guys do that. I think it's a great way to market the the product. The, I mean, the, the pointer date, especially, I think we, I would say in 36, it's probably equal that what we sell to men and, and ladies. So yeah, it's definitely appeals to both. Yeah. And there, there does seem, I don't know what you guys are seeing and I, I'd love to hear your feedback. What we are seeing you know, kind of went through the the eighties and the nineties and especially the early two thousands where it was the sizes just got crazy. I mean, it was like the bigger, the better. And, you know, I've got a seven and a half inch wrist. So for a long time I was wearing big 45 and 46 millimeter <laughs> watches, but my preference now is to much smaller, kind of more traditional size watches. And we were, you know, PG and I were talking about, um, the Rolex date just a few weeks ago. And I got to see a couple, one in the 41 millimeter and one in the 36. If I were to buy one, it would be a 36. I'm just really right. starting to prefer the smaller sizes. So I'm wondering what, what are you guys seeing in the market? Are you hearing more demand for smaller sizes or what, what are you guys seeing? I think it's, um, you know, I think as sort of more vintage watches have come into favor, so to say, I think you see the trend that it is definitely coming smaller. Um, but, you know, and I, yeah, I would say in general, you've seen, you know, things, things come down, down in size, 
but there's always that demand for the for the larger pieces too and i think one of the things about us as a brand which i've always admired was you know there was a time when when certain markets were driving a lot of business so a lot of the product development went towards this market or that market in terms of sizing and we were always a brand that, that's kept our kind of um, kept things even across the board. So we made some small things, some bigger things, some, some, some things like that. So we've kept a pretty good representation of the collection across a lot of different sizes. Um, but yes, in general, I think you've seen, you've seen some sizes come down and, you know, you've seen things come from 45 into 42 and 40 into 40, even 38. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen, we've seen some, some stuff there too. So. Uh, interesting. Well, th- this so our our listeners will already know what PG and I are are wearing because we do our our wrist check in the intro, um, so they'll know that I'm wearing my Oris Carl Brashear chronograph uh, that nice. I picked up a couple years ago. But I do have to give Beth a huge shout out for helping me out <laughs> last week because PG's been looking at Oris watches for quite a while and had her eye on on the Aquas white dial uh, ceramic white bezel 36 for for a while and I just I could not find one that was available and Beth you totally came through you got one over to to Rob at at Topper and we know Rob for we've known him for a while I bought some pieces from him so thank you so much you totally came through (laughs) and it it was a surprise (laughs) good Good. The best no. kind, right? <laughs> yeah, it, there there might have been a, a couple tears when the box got open, yeah. so it was definitely a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, something that we'd like to, and yeah, I think I know what you want to hit on next. Oh, well, I just wanted to talk about some things that are are close to your hearts at Oris is your conservancy programs, and we can talk maybe first about the local heroes COVID nineteen project because that that looks amazing. It looks like it started out and just is, has the potential to be huge. So if, if you could explain a little bit about what the local heroes bear or bear project is and um, just go from there and tell us a little bit more about where that might be going. Sure. Um, I think, you know, when we all kind of entered this world of, of the pandemic and, you know, in, in, in early March when we all kind of, um, became locked down and, and um, in this world and, and everyone was kind of like, what do we do? What do we do in terms of um, just, you know, because it really at that point, it, it wasn't about selling watches like people were just kind of trying to figure out the world and what was going on. And there were so many people doing so many extraordinary things at the, in that time period. It was like and it wasn't just, you know, it was, of course, the doctors, the nurses, the people on the front lines of, of the world doing, you know, taking care of people with COVID and hospitals and such. But it was also the people, you know, at the grocery store and the people, um, the bakers and the people that, you know, did other essential things that, you know, sometimes get overlooked, but just as essential, especially during that time and just as risky, you know, being out there in the world as, as others. So we wanted to do something that was really, recognizing people and and you know understanding that we have a worldwide community understanding that um you know it was something that was this this pandemic was something that was common among everyone in the world and it was like what what should we do as a as a watch brand you know we can't make 
face masks and we can't make hand sanitizer and we can't do that stuff for a relatively mm -hmm. smaller company. So we're like, you know, so the, the local heroes program was, was our answer to kind of, you know, how do we, how do we make a difference at this time and bring recognition? So we've at, we asked people, we, we took, um, nominations from people all over the world. We asked them if there was someone to please nominate, um, someone and, and we got, you know, what we thought would be a 10 watch program, we turned into a 50 watch program. We got thousands wow. of entries about it wow. really and really heartfelt, you know, um, you know, sons honoring fathers and mothers and, you know, husbands honoring wives and wives honoring husbands. And it was just really heartfelt stories. And it was really across many different things. So, um, you know, the, the Oris bear has always been part of us. Um, he's, he's, been our mascot and you know during covid it was just that we tried to, to the bear was more like you know who who doesn't smile at a teddy bear as, as well for our <laughs> global ceo likes to say but it's true and so we brought the bear out to deliver some some content about covid about washing your hands and staying home and mm -hmm, doing that sort of thing mm -hmm. but then also um the bear became the avenue by which to help kind of you know, um, bring this program out. So that's how the bear got involved. And, um, yeah, it's just, it turned into this, um, really worldwide, really nice thing. And, you know, Beth and I, um, we had seven winners in North America and, you know, we had the pleasure of kind of going to different places. I had the personal pleasure of delivering one of the awards to, um, a firefighter up in Massachusetts and just, just to see, the bond and the way that it happened and how proud the person was, was just really amazing. So I'm trying know, to keep just, from crying right now, but I can't yeah, even imagine the emotions when you <laughs> get to actually talk, well, to, know, those, talk to those people. It is. It's, it's very emotional. And it's like the family, this, in this particular case, you know, the son was a firefighter, just like the father and the mom and the other brother. And they, they came out and it just was like a family, just a very family centric thing. And then, in another case, up in up in Canada, um, the mom nominated the son who worked at Costco um, and was there, bringing you know, basically filling the shelves and doing that sort of thing. And just to see these things were, just to see, you know, um, how proud they were was was great. So, wow, that is such a great yeah. story. Yeah. And any plans on expanding that throughout the pandemic, or is that was that a one time? Uh, so. The, yeah, the Heroes program, it, like it wasn't, um, I wouldn't say it was a one time. I mean, th maybe under that particular program, it was more, you know, that was about the pandemic and, and kind of going through that. But as a, as a brand and when we think about things, we always think about things with community in mind. So even if it's, um, you know, whether it's local heroes, whether it's our ocean conservation projects, whether it's, you know, helping different foundations throughout the world, like we always try to bring um, to use our worldwide microphone to bring awareness, to bring um, support to some of these local causes and some of these things that would people would otherwise not hear about. And, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes it's not necessarily, yes, it's about some monetary contributions that are made and things like that, but it's also bringing this to the attention of people that have, have more of the means and the, and the wherewithal to help. And that's and that's really how we approach all the things that we do. And I think if you look at a lot of our 
limited edition things and you know we've been doing this sort of thing for a long time um so you know i think that that's how that's how we approach it well and that and that really leads perfectly into i think what what most collectors know you guys for best in terms of giving back is the the ocean conservancy stuff and there are so many things that you guys have done in terms of releases to support uh, you know whether it's the the bar- the Great Barrier Reef or the Ocean Trilogy for for trash pickup. Um, I think you've got the the brand new Aquas um, Green Dial, and I'll probably completely screw up the pronunciation pronunciation, but I think it's the Hang the Hangang River. Okay, yeah. it, Korea yep. and cleaning that up. Where where did that come from? I mean, obviously you guys you guys have got lines of dive watches, right? The Diver sixty five, the Aquas, but where? How did that get started? Yeah, um, no, it, it's something when you think about us as 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 a as a watch company, you know, we we do a lot with the with the diving environment. So when it got started, it was more about how do we how do we do something that makes a difference in the community that we operate, and obviously that was a natural thing. And I think there is just a sensibility to that, and the people within the company care deeply about the environment and helping and helping that. So I think those two things combined, but, you know, I know, um, we've been doing this a long time. This is not something that, of you know, the past couple of years, um, that just started. We've, as long as I've been at Oris, we've been doing it and we've always had these, these limited edition pieces that have brought it. Um, and so it got, it just got started from, from that sense of it, you know, over, over, 15 years, 15 years or so ago, um, in doing it. And then, you know, when we here in the U S we, in the earlier, we started a program, um, called sea heroes. Um, sea heroes was, uh, something that we did in conjunction with scuba diving magazine at the time. And the idea was to find people within the marine conservation world that were doing things. And we, we nominated a sea hero each year, um, and gave them a watch, and then at the end of the year, we picked we picked a, a sea hero of the year, and we gave them a monetary grant to help them continue their work. So some of the projects that we've worked on um, have come from that. So for example, like the Coral Restoration Foundation projects, um, the Staghorn, and then you've seen the Carries Fort, one of the one yes, of the ones this yes. year. Yeah, that that came from that group of people. So started in 2014 came out with a watch in 2017 and then came out with a second a second and third watch this year uh one the 50 piece limited edition in gold and then the steel version of carries fort um and if you don't know much about the coral restoration foundation they do really great work in terms of helping to restore and preserve the coral reefs in the florida reef track and you know it's painstaking work in terms of growing the coral Mm -hmm. on these in these coral nurseries and you know harvesting the coral and replanting the coral back into the reefs and and regenerating the reefs and um the carries for project is really um a culmination that was a five-year project they planted um well over thirty thousand corals into the into the reef to regrow it and uh you know and their techniques actually have become the worldwide standard for this kind of work so it's uh it's really nice and and when we think about when we first started working with them and then where they are today, I think it, it's it's and not that, you know, where the where by any means the um, the reason for their success. But we 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 feel like 
you know, happy to have contributed a little bit to bringing them progress. to the forefront, mm-hmm. to bringing the attention, and making progress. And that's, and that's mm-hmm. a perfect example of what, of what that's about. Yeah, I I read a bit about that Florida Coral Project, and I I spent a a lot of time growing up in Hawaii, and my husband has a scuba diving background, so we both love the ocean, I I know what coral is, and the the amount of numbers of the coral units that were planted were really noteworthy on your your, um, project description, so it's... Yeah, and as a scuba diver, I've had the fortune to dive on beautiful well-preserved reefs and also on reefs that have just been decimated and it you can't even it's hard to describe to someone how sad it is to see that so to see oris doing this is it's phenomenal i mean the coral is it's so important it takes a long time to grow it's so beautiful and it's it's really a neat it's a neat thing that you guys are involved in thank you we'll have to get you guys down there because it really like to see it firsthand is really something that's really awesome and they do they have a, a nice like education center and then you can go out and you can um, make your way and help them do some of their work. It's, 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 uh, it's definitely inspiring. (laughs) Our eyes just got really big. (laughs) Yeah. And and a total, okay. So funny side story and I won't get too morbid, but there's a program, you know, we, we lost my dad a couple years ago and he was a big scuba diver and there's a program um, that uh, basically you get, you get cremated and somehow turned into a literally a piece of coral and put on these reefs. So we're planning a trip out there anyway. So we'll make it a double. Wow. wow. All right. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's cool stuff for sure. And I think besides too the, I mean obviously the coral reef, but the just the supporting the ocean cleanup and the, um, there's a global cleanup day in September every year. We've we've participated in events like that in in this one of our other newer watches, the Hangyang, which is um, a river in South Korea. Um, there's a lot of cleanup projects around that where the, the teams there have groups of people going out and helping clean up the garbage and plastic on the river. So I think it's, a, you know, there's a lot of just small little things that the Oris team has been doing to really just get behind these projects um, and see little by little make a difference in cleaning the ocean, whether it's the, we had a clean ocean watch, I think you mentioned with the, where the case back was made out of recycled ocean plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a lot of little things to, to support that uh, ocean projects. Yeah, it, it's just a lot of neat stuff that you guys are doing. So so Beth, you, I want to focus on you for a second because I'm in sales, you're in sales. So I understand what it's like to be <clears throat> on the front lines and in front of customers and uh, in front of dealers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's something that we've noticed that Oris really, really excels at. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of kind of the more traditional Swiss brands that there's really, there isn't any customer outreach, but it's, it's 180 degrees for Oris. You guys, not only do you do things like events with topper jewelers, right? Where the bear comes out and you've got all the latest additions, but you guys go the extra mile. and, And like, like I mentioned earlier, Beth, you actually go out to groups of watch collectors, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that driven by your your customers and your collectors or is that just a philosophy within the company that you want to make sure you're staying close to the the people that are buying your watches yeah i think it really is i mean i oris was probably one of the early first brands or earlier brands to really embrace that those type of collectors groups like the red bars and topper has a group um but it's you know it's nice to go out and 
hear directly from the end consumer what they like, what they don't like, um, or what they'd like to see. And what's I, I think with Oris being that we're a smaller group of people and, and privately owned, we can take that information directly back to Switzerland and they really listen to what, you know, they listen to what the consumers are saying, whether it's a suggestion for a watch or a suggestion for a dial or this or that. Um, and, you know, it's always, it's always on the table and considered. So, you know, we like to get that firsthand feedback. Yeah, well, and so and it's, not it's only- It's exciting for the collector to actually talk is. to someone from the company. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it just really it makes you feel like the like the manufacturer cares about the product that they're providing to you. The I mean, end, I know the end result. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know several of the the folks in our local group have you know since you started coming out, they've they've purchased Oris watches. I mean, they they it really helps. I think just just with that connection, you know. I mean, I, it definitely comes from all of Oris. I mean, obviously, VJ is out at a lot of those groups as well. Our our CEO in Switzerland loves to you know if you were close enough, he'd come to them all too. So, I mean, it's, it's really the whole Oris philosophy in, you know, just having a good relationship with the customer. That's great. That's awesome. Well, we, we talked a little bit about vintage watches and that's, I mean, very vintage, but now I, we're starting to see some pre-owned certification programs that some uh, manufacturers are doing with some of their pre-owned, you know, modern, um, modern releases and does does Oris have any plans for one of those uh that sort of certified pre-owned program to provide a resale of your own brand um that are certified and you know that it's it's authentic and in good shape um I mean I think it's a great question I think it's very um very appropriate obviously with all that's what's happening and going on with with the pre-owned market and such we don't have any formal plans at the moment to do a formal certification of, of watches. You know, we always try to take a, um, you know, in terms of bringing our products or if we have pre-owned, you know, we kind of try to sell them through authorized channels or channels by which um, people can buy them, but we don't have any sort of program per se that certifies them. Um, you know, I think people generally, you know, we get a lot of inquiries. Is this is this a watch? So we always try to answer consumers if we get direct um, questions about them. But but at the moment, there's there's no plans for that. But it's certainly a good thought, and certainly, um, you know, something something to consider. Uh, and and it that. sounds like you have already some things set in place with your your dealers and and reliable sources. But just just curious because it's just a very new thing that we're seeing start now. Yeah, and the pre-owned market in general, just among everything, is just really um, has grown so much, and I think it's a it's a it's a very valid, um, you know, very valid um, consideration to make because there's so much of it. Um, you know, I think it's it, obviously we we have a lot of you know trading of our watches and such. You know, probably not as some as as some of the other brands, but it's nice to be included in that group. You know, where people actually where on the secondary markets are certainly. They're, they're just as good as well. So, yep. Great. Yep. So just, this is a, a strictly for me because I'm so, <laughs> I'm so into it, but, um, you guys, like I mentioned earlier, you had an association with, with, um, the Williams formula one team and what I've seen over the years, a lot of watch brands get involved in motorsports and you guys have kind of your four worlds, right? With your diver and your classic and your motorsport stuff. Is there, 
do you guys still have involvement anywhere uh, on the globe in terms of global motorsport or is it something that the company is constantly looking at? Cause I think I really do believe it's a great way to, to get out to a large portion of, um, of non-collectors that you could bring into the hobby, right? Like I said, I learned about ours through, through that program. So I'm just curious what, if there's anything active or talked about or, or where, where you guys stand with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, formula one was certainly something, um, we were involved with for a long time. Um, we were one of the, we were the longest standing partner of the Williams team. Actually. Um, we, we did stop it, um, a year and a half ago, you know, um, last year was our first season not doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, I think when we first went into it, we, we, we saw very much an identification of the mechanics, especially with the Williams team, right? It was an independently owned group, much like ourselves. Um, the mechanics of what they did, they were very focused on the mechanics of, of their cars and such. And we were very focused on the mechanics of our mechanical watches and, and that sort of thing. So there was a lot of synergy in that sense. Um, and I think, you know, in looking at something and to your point, I mean, there's few things that are sort of worldwide in, in their appeal. Right. And, um, you know, the U S probably being one of the markets that has the least appeal in formula one. Right. And that's, you know, I'm not saying there's not appeal, but, I'm saying in terms of total, you know, when you think about the rest of the world and, and the kind of the interest in it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it was something that, you know, we we've we were with a long time. And I think, you know, part of it has to do with just some of our, you know, wanting to put some of our resources towards more of the, you know, the ocean conservation projects and things that were kind of heading in that nature. Um, so I think that's kind of the decision that that was made about that at, the, at that moment, but it certainly was something we, we supported for a long time. We still do motorsport things, um, but not so much on a global basis like that. Right. You know, right. Unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, formula one's in such a different place than it was in the early two thousands, you know, they're, they're going yeah. through a bit of an identity crisis right now. And, and obviously there's much more important things going on in the world. So I think you guys have probably as much as, you know, self-servingly, I love, I love, uh, that, that world and companies that are involved in it, it, it probably makes a lot more sense the direction that, that Oris has taken in the last year or two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Talk a little bit about go your own way. There's a hashtag out there <laughs> called was, go your own way. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. And it's on the website. <laughs> what, what is, what's behind that? What does it mean? Uh, I mean, in terms of go your own way, it's, it's something that, it's really about us as a company and our independence. It's the ability to do things that we feel are right. It's the ability to do things that we feel make sense. Um, as a put, you know, we're, we're an independent company. We're not owned by, we're not betrothed to stockholders or things like that. Of course, you know, of course we're a business, but we try to do things to make, you know, to make the right decisions, um, for, for what's there and the long-term decisions and things like that. And I think that's very much what that is. It's having that freedom, that independence to go your own way, both, you know, obviously from a financial, from a, from that perspective, but also from a thinking, an independent thinking perspective, an independent um, side. And I think really that's probably one of the things that makes us most of who we, most who we are is that, is that independent entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and, everyone, for example, everyone's coming out with vintage watches. And, you know, while we have done that, we come out with something like the PPX, like that's very much a, you know, a, 
that's very much an example of being able to kind of take that thinking and bring it to another level and having the ability to do things like that. That's, that's, that's what go your own way is really all about. Well, and we were going to ask you, you know, Oris is one of the few larger brands that hasn't been absorbed by the larger, um, the big three, should I say? So it does give you guys the freedom to do everything you said, including your, you know, uh, conservancy programs, design everything. So, yeah. yeah. Now, do you find so it, it? Number one, there's there's a huge fan base that would be devastated if if Oris ever fell under <laughs> one of those three. I I know, um, I'd probably be one of them. But do you guys find? Um, are there any hindrances to not being part of one of those larger conglomerates in terms of being able to compete, or is it is it a hundred percent just the, you know, a hundred percent positive in terms the best of best for Oris yeah, right now? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it's certainly it's 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 definitively more positive than ever negative. Right. It's, you know, certainly, um, you know, having things like, you know, being part of a group like that or, you know, sometimes there's some some resource things or there's things that they can do or, you know, they can exert different levels of power because they have different brands in different places, things like that. But, you know, putting all that aside, which I, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade our position for anything, honestly, in terms of what we do and the, the ability that we can do it. I mean, there's no, like we have the, the ability to have this free thinking. We have this ability to cut through bureaucracy and red tape and just do what makes sense and do it quickly. Like we have that freedom and, and, you know, I, I like you would be one of those people who would be very upset. <laughs> we don't that have <laughs> that too, I, I think, right? I think oh my just... gosh. Well, and I think from an employee, you know, from a standpoint of someone working for the brand, it's just, you know, if, if I'm in a store and meet a customer, you know, it's easy to, I pick up the phone and call VJ or he can contact Rolf in Switzerland and you get an answer to something in minutes. So I think you don't, you know, it's something you don't get from a big corporation necessarily. So there's, yeah, there's certainly a lot of benefits to it. And I think the consumer, I'm sure feels that as well. Yeah. So. And sees that. And even, but you know, Beth, Beth, you know, Beth calls Rolf to call Rolf too. You know, it's like, we're that kind of company. We're that kind of, we're, we're close in, in our relationships. And we, we try to kind of be who we are as people and bring that out to the world and operate our business in that sense. And, you know, we always, we always like to say if it, you know, if it, if we like it, then, then it's, it's probably something that other people might like, um, or do things like that, you know, that just, um, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. Um, I guess we, we have the, we have the ability to do that at times. So, well, know. yeah, it clearly hasn't hindered the business's ability to develop, right? I mean, you, Oris is right. known for some pretty amazing, um, technology in the mechanical watch world, and right? Patents, and, yeah, and I was reading about some yeah. of the patents applied for yeah the structure of the watch. It's really, I mean, yes. with with your in-house the 100 series in-house movements with the nonlinear power movement or uh, power indication and and the um, bezel, the depth um, gauge and the altimeter and the the bezel lock. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a lot of really neat innovations that you don't really see from a lot of independents. Yeah. And that's, and thank you. And that's one of the things, yeah, that's another thing that kind of makes us is that spirit of innovation, that spirit of, and that's truly, you know, that, that spirit is not new to the company. That's the spirit that's always been throughout our history. 
you've seen this spirit of innovation, this ability to innovate. And even when we weren't making our own movements um, in that period of time, like we still innovated, we came out with the world timer, you know, that those kind of complications, even during that time, we always continued to try to do that. And that's really um, one of the driving factors of, of what we do. And, you know, how does it, how does this make sense or how is this useful or looking at the function of something? Um, and that's, and that's truly what, what, what we do. And, you know, we have a really talented team of, of designers and, and such in Switzerland as well. And as best said, you know, we give a lot of input to product and things like that. And it's, it's just really a great place to be. Um, it's a great company. It's a great group of people. And it's really nice. It's, it, you feel like you're just part of the family, you know? Yeah. Well, and that, that innovation goes back a long way in the company. It's not anything recent. I mean, a lot of people probably don't know, but in, in the early days of Oris, when the company was using the pin lever escapement and because of some odd, strange laws in, in Switzerland, uh, you, you guys were having to use that escapement while other manufacturers had moved on. And if you read about uh, go search and you know Google a, a pin lever escapement. Generally, you'll read things like, "Well, it's not as accurate as more modern movements," but Morris mm -hmm. actually earned or won a lot of awards back in the day for making pin lever uh, escapements as accurate as more modern uh, escapements. So it's it really it's something that seems to permeate all the way back through the history of Morris, and I think that's really cool. Definitely, definitely, yeah, and that's and that's one of the things. Um, uh, Dr. Portman, whom we spoke about earlier, who was the general manager of the company at the time, his dad actually worked for Oris. Um, and he, when he came to work for the company, his, one of his main, um, or one of his first kind of tasks was to get that statute um, over, like he basically worked to have that statute overturned um, over time. So it took 10 years, but they actually, they, they did overturn the statute and then we moved on from there. That. But mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, that was, you know, and it's it's exactly that kind of history that most people don't know about or kind of understand about. But really, you know, we, we've had this uh, we have a we have a great history as a brand. And, and um, you know, I, I it's just something that I'm very proud of and something that, you know, continues to drive us today. Um, so, yeah. well, so we've we've covered a lot of history. We've talked about what you guys are kind of doing today. And we've talked about some of the conservancy programs and the giving back. This is the part I love. What can you tell us about what's yes. coming? Can we get um, some? I, I, I've <laughs> some heard a little bit about previews. some things that might be coming maybe with <laughs> Topper and maybe on some other areas. What, what can you tell our listeners? Obviously you can't tell us everything. And, and, you but... know, we live very close. We grew up, that's our old hometown. We've walked past Topper's yeah, we, we countless, countless well. times. And, yeah. If anything happens there, we're not very far away. <laughs> so give us the juice. What can you? T what's coming? What can we get excited yeah. about? What can our listeners I, get excited I'll about? Give, I'll give, give us permission. <laughs> he uh, actually, you know, one of the first um, limited limited editions we did in partnership with a store was with Topper. Um, I think what BJ four years ago, maybe um, we did a watch for them. Uh, Diver 65. So we are, I can't tell you what it is, but we are working on another one with Topper. So <laughs> you'll stay tuned. There'll be something probably by the end of the year, um, another Topper limited edition. So um, that will be coming. I think it'll be worth the wait. 
Um, as far as other product, I don't know. What can we tell, VJ? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I don't want to give it away. I'll let you give no, it away. I, I, think, <laughs> I think you've seen from us, um, you know, one of the good things about the year, um, you know, obviously it's been a very di different year for everyone. No Basel Fair, no in normal introductions. But but we've been we've had a pretty steady flow of, of product introductions. And I think our plan is to kind of continue to do that. So, um, you know, I think you'll see something from us. Um, You'll see a few more things from us this year in you know a couple of weeks you'll see something um and then some other stuff but then some stuff later in the fall but um i will tell you and I, this is what i'd like to say i mean i think it's going to be a game-changing year for us in terms of introduction so i think what you are going to see from us you'll you'll really enjoy i think that'll be something that very much um pays tribute to who we are and really where we're going um, and I think, you know, I think, I think you'll be very pleased, um, as, as people, you yourselves and people that pay attention to the brand, I think you'll be very pleased with what we have coming. So, our, our eyes got yeah. really big again. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds exciting. I, I am looking forward to it. And guys, you heard it here first. It's a game changing year for Auras. <laughs> In October, right? So, yeah. yeah, it's probably one of our biggest launches ever, really. So, yeah. Oh, that's so. well. And I, I got to say, you know, as, as I mean, I, we don't usually refer to ourselves as media, although I guess in this day and age, a podcast and a blog is, is, is a form of media. But I got to say, you know, with, with all the shows that used to hit right in the beginning of the year, it's like you had this, all these big intros and everyone mm -hmm. got really excited. And then there was like an 11 month drought. So, as horrible as as COVID has been, and it, you know it, it's not not a good thing. But on the flip side, I think it's it's been. Uh, I really think it's going to end up being beneficial for the for the watch industry. I like to see things kind of staggered out. Yeah, it, it keeps it gives the attention the to year. the brand at the time too. So you're not lumped yep. in with 15 releases of something equally great. You're actually giving that manufacturer, you know, their own you know day in the sun. Moment in the sun, exactly. Yeah. The so. other thing, too, with our releases this year, we've been able to, you know, the day it launches, the watch is available and in stores on that day. So if something gets launched, um, you know, and you see it online at the launch, you can you can make that purchase because it's available. You don't have to wait six months for it to come out. So um, things have been pretty much available immediately. We're yeah. seeing a trend of that, too, even in smaller, you know, micro brand uh, territory. Mm -hmm. So that's the customers yeah. love that. Well, I can already yeah, see the line started. around the block at Topper. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's too bad. It's too bad. La Pinata Restaurant is still not on the corner. Oh, I know that's that was a, so good. That's an old, old, old restaurant that was there forever, mm -hmm. and that was, I believe, it's on the same block. I it is, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you, as you said, you've seen you see a lot of yeah. We've been doing that now. It's been um, probably say probably almost two years we've been doing that with our, mm -hmm. with our releases like that. And it's been like, that's really been, been strong for us. It's been a great kind of way to go about that. So, um, you know, and people, people love to have that availability there at that time. Yeah. So, well, and, yeah. and Topper is such a, it's such a unique, you know, it's, it's really, it's a local jewelry store. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I grew up both, both PG and I grew up in the Bay area in that area and so, I mean, I remember when that, you know, that street that, um, that, uh, Topper is on in, yeah. in Burlingame, Burlingame. I mean, it yeah. was, yeah, it was just this 
quiet, tiny little quiet. town. And Danish bakery. You know, I used to go down with my grandmother <laughs> and to see how it's changed. But the fact that Topper has got so much um, notoriety, I mean, they're re- very well known throughout the entire watch community. And I think that's a great partnership that you guys have formed with Rob and, and the, the events that you do oh. and some of the stuff that, that we're going to look forward to seeing uh, early next year. We're really excited about that. Well, and we, we hope that we'll, the restrictions will lift and p- the world will become healthier and we can go because we all have family yes. back there. Yeah. So it would be really fun to actually be there in person at some point together yeah mm-hmm. no great. and they've and they've it, they've always done a great job and it's always nice and no and i think i think they're you know when you think about uh robin russ and toppers and kind of what they've done and you know they've always been in tune to the community they've always had this like you know they've always been really passionate about the products they sell they're not just selling them because they're you know there's they're sellable things they really they're passionate about watches and you can tell and the things that they've done and now just with what's happened with the way the world is i mean i think that having that focus has really kind of brought them to the forefront and i think it's really it's really nice to see um and how they're how they're kind of engaging and doing that and continuing to to do that so it's uh, it's a great great group of people so yeah and you you really hit the nail on the head there they're passionate about about what they do. I mean, how many times have, have we all gone into a, a jewelry store and asked about a watch and you just get a blank look from the associate? They, right? look bored they don't, they don't or, know yeah. what, what <laughs> anything about watches. They're just hired to, to sell jewelry. And so it, it is really an amazing experience to go in and you talk to someone like Rob and they're just so, so passionate about all the, all the, not just the brands that they carry, but just watches in general. So it, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, so Guys, we're uh, we I can't believe we're, we're already coming up on an hour. Um, <laughs> so what what would you like <clears throat> what would you like our listeners to walk away from this podcast with in terms of Oris and the brand? What what are some of the kind of the last the last messaging you'd like to deliver to our listeners before we uh, call the day here? I mean, I think the the thing we should really say first and foremost is thank you. Like, thank you to your listeners and thank you to, um, as part of the watch community, really kind of, um, appreciating the things that we're doing and kind of being excited about our stuff. And, you know, as, as Beth said before, you know, kind of being in touch with people and talking to people, you know, it's, it's how we also get our satisfaction about what we do. We, we love to, kind of bring some things to the table and we love when people appreciate them or give, give good feedback and that sort of thing. So real, the first thing is thank you. Thank you for, for doing that. And then, you know, really just, um, you know, just keep your eyes open and be ready for what's coming. And I think that's, that's good. We're trying to, you know, we continually try to do things and we try to, um, you know, bring things forth that make sense, bring things forth at a good value and kind of that are reasonably and responsibly priced for people. I think that's, you know, that's kind of what we do and, and, uh, you know, we love what we do. So, um, that's what I'll say. So that's very clear. And we, you know, you've, you've brought so much to this discussion and just want to thank you for your time, you know, taking time out of your day. I know you guys are really busy, but, um, it's been so great to have both the male and female perspective, on the industry and what you do there. And it's obviously a success. So we just really want to say thank you for taking the time. Yeah. No, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. 
Well, we really hope we can, we hope you can, we can have you back again. Um, Beth, I, I'm looking forward to our next get together and VJ, hopefully we'll yeah. actually get to meet you in person next time, but uh, we'd love to have you back on the show. This has been a lot of fun. And, and yeah. again, you're just, you're one of those brands that we have a lot of respect for. And you, like you, like you said, you, you offer amazing value in your products. I mean, the, the quality is incredible and you still have, um, it, it's still accessible to a lot of people. And I think that's, that's mm -hmm. where a lot of the fans come from. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I hope, hope we can do it in person soon. <laughs> yes, for yes. sure. We definitely want to do it in person. So maybe uh, once we, once we can all start being human again and, and being in public yeah. spaces, maybe we'll, we'll try to do a, um, a podcast from our next get together. If we can get you both out, that'd be a lot of fun. Be great. Great. Awesome. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, Hey, well, thanks again, guys. Really we appreciate a, it. It was really a pleasure talking yep, to you guys. It was a great pleasure. You as well. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Stay well. You too. Well. So Ranch Racer, that was a lot of fun. and That was great. <laughs> we're, we're so grateful that they took the time to, you know, out of their schedules to talk to us. and Yeah. And great couple of folks. I mean, just like I said, I didn't have Beth longer. before, but yeah, we could have gone on for a while, but uh, we wanted to be respectful of their time. Um, but yeah, really fun. I mean, I, gosh, I'm so excited I now to see what's coming seen them in person you know for some of this and yeah hopefully by the end of the year if we get out to you know get across the bay to go over to Burlingame Avenue we can yeah see what's going on yeah for sure and, and maybe we can actually do a show with uh with finally do a show with Rob which we had intended on doing like a year ago in person and or longer well and it never happened and then COVID hit and then so it kind of put paid to those plans but uh might be fun to do something live with those guys in person because they're all, all great people. Mm -hmm. So, but for now, virtual is still a way to connect and yep. great conversation. Yeah. Really we'll definitely, highlight. we'll definitely have them back. Even if we can't do it live, you know, probably after the first of the year, after all the announcements and the releases. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It should be fun to see what they come out with. Great brand, great products Neat to, to have a, a large brand like that. That's still independently owned and it gives them a lot of leeway to um, yeah. pursue things that matter to them mm -hmm. and that matter to the rest of us ultimately. And, and you can along tell with the watches. Yeah. And you can really tell it's a family atmosphere. You know, I mean, they're, they're a big brand for sure, but it's still run as a small, you know, family like independent brand. So really fun to have those guys. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, as always, make sure you're following us on Instagram at at watches. Give us a review on uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to, to podcasts. And uh, if we read your review on air, which we didn't we didn't have a chance to do this show, but if we do read your review on air, then you'll uh, you get some fun swag. Uh, and that's the other thing is make sure to check out our new swag store if you go to loveandwatches.com and just click on the the swag link on the in the right hand column, and that'll take you to our Zazzle store. All kinds of fun stuff there, and it's so. a good price compared to. Some yeah, good other... good pricing and you get the stuff pretty quick as opposed to what we were doing before. So definitely check it out. All right. Well awesome. All right. Thanks guys. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening as always. And uh we will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye.